0: and welcome to Breaking the Curtain with me, Chrissy and me, Joss don't forget to silence all phones or don't, it's a
1: podcast and most importantly
0: enjoy the show Hello, our stagey friends.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: Welcome to season three
1: of Breaking the Curtain. We didn't have a chance to officially greet you in our season opener, our deep dive into the life and legacy of theater legend Jonathan Larson. So we wanted to take a moment to welcome you all back to our virtual clubhouse for another season of
0: stagey fun. Mm -hmm. We are so grateful for all of your support. We truly can't believe we're sitting here recording our third season and we really hope you all enjoyed our first episode of season three it was such a labor of love and we spent so much time working on it to make sure it was as accurate as possible jonathan larson's legacy has had a huge impact on so many and with the success of tick tick boom we wanted to share more of his real life story too And how flippin' good was
1: Andrew Garfield? Mm. Oh my lord. So talented. All that and he can sing. (laughs) But you know what, Chrissy? Speaking of really talented men named Andrew, Mm. today's interview has been in the works for a really long time. Yes.
0: We have spoken about him so much in previous episodes, his ears must be ringing. (laughs) One of our stage faves, Andrew Pollock, has finally made it into our Zoom room.
1: If you listen to this podcast, you probably know that Andrew Pollock was the original Strat in Bowed Out of Hell the Musical, premiered a gorgeous solo show last summer, and won first place in the Lottie Lenya competition.
0: Recently, he has been performing out in sunny San Diego, California. After a summer of love as Burger and hare, he most recently took on the title role of The Grinch. When we spoke with Andrew, he was getting ready for his last few shows as the Grinch and took some time out of his very busy schedule to catch up with us about performing during a global pandemic, getting his master's degree, and so much more.
1: And so we are excited to welcome Andrew officially to the podcast. Welcome to Breaking the Curtain, Andrew. It is so
0: great to see you. So right away, let's start with this question. What has the transition been like getting back into the groove of performing daily in this Crazy COVID era.
2: Yeah, I have to say theater post-COVID is oh, I, I, I don't want to paint it as bleak, however, it definitely is challenging. Uh when I was doing hair at the old globe, we had one positive case uh in the crew and we had to shut down for a day and we just couldn't do the show and mm. everyone had to be PCR tested. Right. And uh, that person had to quarantine for 10 days. And so it's very unpredictable. And I also have to say that the challenge of not doing your essentially sport for a year and a half when you're coming back into it, you are mentally and physically exhausted. Mm. And all of a sudden, when you're going back to doing uh Eight shows, or uh, even with the Grinch, when you're doing maybe a 12-show week or 11-show week, you right. are really hitting the ground running. It's like it's like you were at the Olympics four years ago, and then you're expected to perform the same, uh, or even better than you did four years ago at the next Olympics. Right. So it really, uh, it, it's been great to get. Uh, your body and mind back into shape doing theater. However, it also, there is a lot of the unknown out there. And unfortunately it causes lots of people to have anxiety, not only on the cast and crew side of the stage, but also in the audience's um, realm. And, you know, they all bring masks to the show. However, breaking that fourth wall and going into the audience for a show now it's a little more hesitant. It's a little more, Ooh, I, I don't know if we can actually be that close together. So I don't exactly know what's going to happen in the future. Obviously, if we have an end to this pandemic an endemic and everyone gets vaccinated and boosted and uh, we all take care of each other and no more variants happen, I think we'll be okay. However, it seems with the contrasting opinions of, oh, I don't really need that vaccine. I don't really need that booster. We may be doing this kind of post-COVID theater for a longer time, and there may be, uh, unfortunately, positive COVID cases and positive scares in the theater world and unfortunately I, I I've been with two companies now where the, while this has been happening, and I've seen the toll that it's taken on people's minds and mental health and I don't know how long we will continue doing this uh, because it's just very taxing
0: mm, yeah,
2: um, however, you know i'm I, I know I'm painting a very bleak picture i I do want to emphasize that when Taken into the right hands when antigen tests are given every day, like I just you know swab my nose for about thirty seconds today to make sure that I didn't have uh, COVID, and I don't. And when PCR tests are readily available, then uh, things can move forward. And I, I I think right now this production of the Grinch that we haven't closed yet is a good sign that. Theater can continue to happen and we can continue to safely share this live art form which oh the more that we all think about it the more i'm worried that this possibly might go extinct so let's keep it
0: alive yeah Definitely. Thank you for sharing that. I, I could not agree more. So we loved Legacy of Love and actually chatted about it a bit on the podcast
1: last
2: year. Oh, wonderful.
1: We wanted to know a little bit about the process behind putting together a solo concert. It was so well crafted. How did you choose which songs to go in the show?
2: Obviously, this is my first solo show. So it was it was a fun experience to look at other people's solo shows and see how they construct uh, a storyline or a through line or an arc. And I, I guess there was a very thorough through liner or arc. And that was basically how we had all been through the pandemic that of course back in, oh my goodness gracious, May, I was like, this is going to be done in two months and we're going to be great. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm not a psychic. Um, <laughs> Very clearly not a psychic. <laughs> and I, I basically assembled a whole bunch of songs that I really, really loved from musical theater, obviously from uh, the Jim Steinman world, because at that point he had just passed away maybe... Um, a month
0: or two? two ago. months ago? Yeah, yeah.
2: And so uh, there was still a lot of emotion regarding everything that had happened with that. And I, I don't know, I, I just tried to figure out what was the best way to tell a cohesive narrative that could connect with people and uh, bring people into the the crazy world that I think I had been living for, uh, what, four years at that point, um, with all of Battle of Hell and what had happened before that, and since that, and uh, also there were wonderful recommendations from uh, Rach Ireland, yes. who had been sponsoring the show, and she wanted me to sing "One Song Glory," which, you know, I, I at times am a terrible musical theater person. I, <laughs> I had not seen Rent up at that point, and I also, I still have not seen Les Mis, or I really don't know Les Mis's music very well. At all. <laughs> so whenever anyone says empty chairs and empty tables, I I would not be able to sing the melody to that song Amazing. or hum it or anything, um, but I, I'm sure I'll get there at some point for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, and obviously it was, it was great to have somewhat of an audience in the theater. However, it was such a sparse audience because at that point we were still trying to figure out how to what space people out in a the theater. So everyone feels safe enough to be there. And uh, I was very new to knowing that we would only do this like once or twice, and there would be one that was recorded and one that would just be live, and then anything would happen. However, it really was amazing for that to kind of be the uh, comeback of what a live performance would be, and then to promote it as a streaming show and see see that it is possible to connect with people digitally albeit not like person to person heart and soul where our blood is pumping in the same vicinity and it was amazing to do the live stream of the first show and see everyone's reaction Mm. and and see all the people that I don't know. I, I at this point, I, I haven't seen you guys in like years. So
0: I know it'll yeah. be three years. That's so insane. Um, but it really was so wonderful to get to chat with everyone while we were cheering you on in the chat box. Uh, so many people I haven't seen in over four to five years since yeah. visiting well, London. I'm grateful
2: for everyone's support. So thank you.
0: Of course, it was such a great show. I'm I'm really glad we were able to experience it virtually. <laughs> So, Andrew, you debuted one of your own songs in the set list. Can we expect to hear some more of your original songs in the future?
2: Yes, yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> when, when I have time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> for
0: sure. I,
2: like I said, I am, um, or I, like I've said in previous interviews, I was not expecting to do the Grinch at all. I kind of figured right. I'd be in San Diego for hair. And then who knows where the wind would take me. But
1: mm.
2: it was. What? We had just closed hair. It was the next day. I got a call early in the morning and um, it's from the old globe. And they're like, Hey, do you want to do the Grinch? And I was completely blown away. I was like, no, 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 no. Like the Grinch, like Dr. Seuss's the Grinch. The musical that's been happening at your theater for uh, 24 years. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'd love to. And so that kind of just started a whole another whirlwind of learning about the tradition of this musical that has been around what, uh, pre Jim Carrey's Grinch, pre Benedict Cumberbatch's Grinch, like so many different versions. (laughs) And it's just amazing when you first see that set on stage, it's all in black, white, pink, and red, uh, like that color scheme. And you feel like you're looking at the book, at Ted Geisel's book, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss. And apparently it was his wife's dream to get his story out there more into a musical version. And so I think, what, if it's 24 years, I'm really not doing math very well, but would that be like 1997? Seven, Um, yeah. That's when the musical first started and it was obviously a a bit of a different iteration at that point because they still had not gotten the rights to you're a mean one mr grinch from the chuck jones cartoon version and also the fahu forays however hearing those songs now in the musical you just kind of go i I don't know how this could have existed without it right and it's really it's so beautifully crafted because. You know you've got what uh, 20 pages in a children's book that's telling a whole story arc and the way they're able to craft each scene that so marries the storybook with uh, real life people on stage and real life characters that you can care about with I, I think uh, amazingly hilarious music. it really It really was amazing to open that show to us, the San Diego community that was so hungry for it. They didn't get the show last year. They actually uh, had to listen to a radio play version of it. Obviously, I mean, we all kind of had to. So doing those first few opening nights, everyone was just so crazy, uh, crazily excited. And, and so ready to embrace this story and so ready to come together as a community and uh, I guess culturally heal. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's been crazy. We've been doing like 10.30 a.m. shows for uh, kids in the local community who <sighs> this is like their first theatrical experience. And either mm. they're five or six and they're going nuts or either they're in middle school and I have kids shouting at me uh you stink uh from the audience and i'm like oh, come on i'm i'm an actor portraying a part but i'm really glad you're into this and I, I mean and other times you have you know mothers who are bringing their children hmm. uh, to theater for the first time and you know i'm i'm coming down from this like a uh, proscenium and like sliding down the edge of it, and then crawling down the stairs. And some little girl is so terrified that she leaps into her mother's arms oh. and tries to bury herself deep into her mother. <laughs> and I, I'm like, oh, geez, I need to back off, but I I can't back off because that's the blocking. And she proceeds to scream bloody murder at the top of her lungs, <laughs> and the mother's just looking at me like while holding this kid brilliant so it's been tons of adventures of you know once you get through that scary part of the story you find out that he's actually just a misunderstood mm-hmm. grinch absolutely however there is definitely that point where you scare little children and that's not my goal <laughs> It's just part of the story so yeah no it's been it's been a Busy time, and I'm grateful for that because I realize wholeheartedly that I am one of the lucky people during this time. And I realize it is a privilege to perform and it is a privilege to share stories right now, especially when, you know, I what the, this past weekend the Amundsen just shut down in California where Hamilton was because of so many positive cases, and that's just uh, a three hour drive away. So We're I'm I'm personally grateful to continue to keep going and I'll be grateful to make it to the end. If tonight is our last night, I'm also grateful for that. It's been a joy to continue to advocate for this art form because there is nothing like a live performance. There is nothing like live theater. And I don't want anyone to forget that TV movies uh everything came from that communal experience of gathering around a fire and telling stories that's what makes us human
0: yeah so well said again andrew thank you thank you for sharing that with everyone i have always wanted to ask this i know you have your master's in
1: theater and at one point i think one of your bios mentioned that you were looking to pursue a phd And I was just wondering, how does taking that sort of academic pathway apply to musical theater? How does it work?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think as far as following the academic pathway, your next option after a master's in theater could possibly be something on the uh, professorial side. You would probably want to go into something like, I, I, I guess, theater history or uh, dramaturgy or something along the lines of studying what where everything came from. Why why Tennessee Williams and what uh, Mamet and uh, the teachings of Stella Adler, why it's so great and why uh, Stanislavski and everyone's methods have been so effective in moving this art form forward. And I think it's important to know academically where all of this came from, where all of this started, so that you can teach it to the future generations and they can know what the important elements of this craft are and will continue to be to be effective. I, I, I don't know. I, I know there were a few PhD candidates at Brown University and I, I I'm sure they're everywhere at the um at the universities that offer uh master's programs. I I unfortunately I don't know what they're doing now, but I I, I definitely uh they definitely taught us classes about uh, theater history, and had us read a lot of plays that they felt were the crucial works that uh, continued theater into the direction that it is now going. Whether that comes from the what uh, medieval wagon plays or um, something like Brecht and how he wanted to. Uh, break down the elements of theater that had come before um so yeah i i think i think i might have been using that in my bio as a bit of a joke just to play off the um two out of three ain't bad uh, (laughs) lyrics from jim steinman's um brilliant (laughs) song however yeah I, i i would say probably at some point i would still consider it i just I, I personally, I don't know exactly what I'd study at this point.
1: No, I was just curious because it's such like, it's such a broad range. So thank you for expanding on that. Because I think Christine knows this. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of getting my master's. But then I was like, okay, but then what, what do I do with my master's after that? So uh, thank you.
2: Tons of opportunities once you get a master's. I mean, your resume is definitely looked at differently. So, you know, if you're passionate about it, I encourage you to go for it because education is so important Mm. (laughs) but also real world experiences as well
0: absolutely yeah (laughs) so for this season of breaking the curtain we've put together some rapid fire questions to finish off our interviews with our guests and you are our first so we're gonna hop right into it great what is your favorite film fight club Mm. Do you have a favorite role you've played on stage or television?
2: Um, this is such an obscure play. I, <laughs> my favorite character that I've ever played is actually Haas from The Tooth of Crime, which mm. is a Sam Shepard play. But it, it's the original version he did, not the version that he rewrote. So very specific.
0: Nice. <laughs> cats or dogs?
2: Dogs. Oh, but also cats because I was in a band called Cat House. Oh, okay, that's tough. <laughs> But I, I, I'm not allergic to dogs, so, okay.
0: What is your favorite color? Orange. Dream role in an existing show?
2: Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, oh, I should have a better answer for this. <laughs> ah! This is supposed to be rapid fire. Um, <laughs> I, I, oh, I don't know. Maybe, like, Shakespeare and uh, and Juliet.
0: Let's Nice. Okay, cool. What would you rather eat? Who hash or roast beast? Um, I, I would say roast beast. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Tea. Favorite holiday? Halloween. You can only listen to one album for the rest of your life. <laughs> it, what is it?
2: Oh, uh, it's gonna be the album uh, "De Louse in the Comatorium" by the Mars Volta.
0: Nice. Yeah, we did it. <laughs>
2: Oh, I don't know. There's so many other albums. So.
0: <laughs> there is a lot of great <laughs> albums.
2: Those are great. Well, congrats on season three.
0: Thanks, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us. For me. Of course. Uh,
2: I don't know when this is coming out, but obviously, Happy New Year, and here's to a great 2022.
0: You too. Take good care. Stay safe. Be well, and we'll see you soon, hopefully. Oh
2: yes, yes. Overall, <laughs> stay healthy and safe, and. Break legs on that booster. Yes, yes, definitely. Take Take care. Talk soon. Bye.
0: Bye.